It's so wonderful to be here. It's a delight to be in your, in your midst, to be able to bring a message this morning. Uh, a special greeting to those who will be joining us online as well, and especially to the folks in City Campus. We miss you guys already. You know, I was uh, winding up a clock this morning, and uh, winding up the day, and suddenly it occurred to me that it was 4th of December already. <laughs> what has happened to 2022? It has whizzed by us. It's just gone by us in no time. Uh, and with all the pandemic and all that that has been happening, um, we are only 21 days. 21 days from Christmas this year. Christmas means a lot of different things to different people. You know, this is a time where people get together. This is a time where we exchange gifts. This is a time where we get together with family and friends, which has been very hard to do with what restrictions that we had in the past two years. But this is a time for us, not just to get together or to, to take time away, but it's a time to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. A season to rejoice, getting in touch by inviting people. There may be people in the midst that you may know who may feel a bit lonely, and this may be a time for you to reach out to them. Invite them to church. Invite them to your homes and share the joy and the hope that we have for the reason of this season is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the church calendar, uh, the, the days leading to Christmas is known as Advent. Much has been spoken about today already. And it comes from the English version of a Latin word, Adventus. Adventus meaning coming or awaiting. And as we embark on this series, the focus is to prepare our hearts and minds. And as we look forward to Christmas, uh, it's, it's, it's going through the events that led up to the birth of Jesus. We will want to focus on some of the characters in the Bible and glean from them what it means to be waiting for Jesus to arrive. Today, today Advent is very commercialized. You know, I was in the shops very recently, in the stores, in the shelves, were full of Advent gifts. And, uh, you know, as inquisitive as we are, I looked at it, and there were gifts for Advent, and these were little packages with doors on them, numbered from 1 to, to 21. And each door, as you open, at the back of it, there is a little gift. And it's, it's, it, you open them every day, one day, until the time of Christmas. And I lay eyes on some of these gifts. There was things like uh, Advent tea, for example. You get a different packet of tea every day. Uh, th there was uh, even Advent cosmetics. I don't know about the ladies. I don't know what, when you open it, what will happen. You may get a different color of lipstick every day. Uh, but there was Advent cosmetics. There was Advent wine. Uh, and, and even um, there was, uh, Lego had an Advent series on Star Wars series. Uh, and I was very curious. I looked into that one. I must be honest with that. And those who are chasing Pokemons around town, that was the Pokemon one too. You know, it creates this anticipation and excitement, right? When you go up there in the morning and you open up this little door and there's a gift waiting for you. For 21 days, you can be doing that. And I'm sure in the midst of us, some of you would have done that or gifted an Advent package to someone. And, and we are, we are culprits of doing that as well. During the pandemic years, uh, we actually mail ordered uh, um, uh, Advent teaks back to our son who was in, uh, and, uh, and his partner who were in, uh, in Melbourne. And the feedback was they were so excited. They couldn't go out and out of their door, but they could open these little doors every day 
and have a sampling of teas. But what we want to do, what we want to do this coming two, three weeks is to be able to open the doors of your heart. To be able to open the doors of your heart for the ultimate gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. And starting this morning, I'll be touching on uh, Jesus as the Messiah, and uh, we will look at a character in the Bible called Simeon, uh, and then glean from him what it means to wait on the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at Jesus as the King, uh, and we look at the Magi. You know, I, I, I have a trouble with this word. You know, Magi, Maggie, whatever, you know, but you know who I'm talking about. It's these three, three wise men, the three wise men that the Bible talks about and will focus as Jesus as the king. And, and finally, just before Christmas, uh, we'll lo look at Jesus as Emmanuel and look at Joseph and Mary. Shall we bow our heads in a time of prayer before we continue? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this blessed time that we can have together to hear about you. But Lord, let the words that are being shared not just be the words of our own mind, of our own thoughts, Father, but let it be the words from your mind, from your thoughts, Lord God. And let it, Lord, sit into our hearts. As we open our hearts to hear, Father, let it build faith in us and let our faith men arise. Lord, unto you, Father, unto you we submit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You know, in the times before the birth of Jesus, the Romans were in power. And the Romans were not very nice people. Uh, the Romans, in the, in the way that they were doing power, was to subdue the Jews. And there was intense persecution. And the Jews were under suffering, hopelessness, and pain. And all throughout that, the, G the Jews had a belief they had a belief because they have heard that there would be a deliverer. There would be someone who would come to save them from this persecution. You know, there were numerous numbers of prophecies about someone, a chosen one, who is coming to bring justice. And the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 42.1, he says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will bring justice to the nations. And the Jews hung on to these words and they were waiting and waiting for a deliverer to come. There was an expectation in them that God will send a chosen one, a Messiah, who will free the Jews from the Roman rule and oppression. The word Messiah in the Hebrew, it means anointed one or a chosen one. And in the Greek for the New Testament, it's the, the root word for Christos, it means Christos, where we get the word Christ. Old Testament times, there were some chosen. Some of them were chosen as prophets, as kings, as priests. But none of them were able to deliver God's people. None of them were the promised Messiah. But a quick look at what was prophesied over generations. There were over 324 prophecies about the coming of Messiah. And in those prophecies, we can create a mental picture of what, an image of what the, the, the Messiah will look like. And what picture is created as we go through those prophecies is not a picture of a deliverer that's coming to conquer the Roman Empire and deliver, but it's a totally different picture. 
Now, I'm not going to go through 324 prophecies. We will be here till next Christmas and more. But I'm going to just touch on a couple of few. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah, he says that, that the Messiah will come and he will be born of a virgin. He will be born of a virgin. And he will be born in Bethlehem. And Daniel says that this prophet, exactly 483 years after Jerusalem was rebuilt, he will enter the Jerusalem. And he will enter Jerusalem on a donkey. He will be despised and rejected. He will be betrayed. He will, he will be sold for 30 pieces of silver, accused and put on trial. But he will remain silent during his trial. And he will be crucified crucified on a cross with criminals on either side of him, buried, raised from the dead, exalted to heaven, crowned and seated on the right hand of God. These are only a handful of prophecies, but he will be buried, raised and seated on the right hand of God. Amen? This was the picture of the Messiah to come. And, and, you know, in, in those times, if you have heard these prophecies, it must have been difficult to comprehend. Was this referring to one person or a number of persons? Was it referring to a priest, a prophet, or a king? Or, or what's going to happen? When is this going to happen? What do I do while I wait for this to happen? But all this time, the Jews, the Jews, they were just suffering. And they expecting to be free. What they did not realize was these were prophecies that were talking of a deliverer in the spiritual nature, in the spiritual suppression. Someone that's come to deliver them from the spiritual suppression that mankind has come under because of the sin that was committed. Not just political oppression. Today, today we know because of the written words that we have, they only had heard what the prophecies were, but today we have the benefit of doubt. And based on the written word that we have, every one of the prophecies has been fulfilled. And every one has been fulfilled to the exact measure of what was prophesied by one man, and his name is Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah. He came not to set the people free from military rulers only, but he came to set us free of spiritual bondage from the burden of sin. He came to restore the fallen nature of mankind. Not only as a prophet, not only as a priest, not only as a king, but as a savior who sacrificed his life, was put to death and resurrected and he conquered death and that, so that we can be set free of eternal damnation because death was the punishment for sin. And all we need to do, the Bible tells us, is to believe. He came, as he says, in, in, in this popular verse in the Bible, and I'm sure all of you know this verse in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, for whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Simply believe in him and we will be set free. The good news, the good news, my friends, is that Messiah that the Jews were hoping for is the same Messiah that we have today. And his name is Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Scripture tells us that his rule is not finished yet. Scripture tells us that he will be coming back again. And, and we call that the second coming of the Lord Jesus or the second period of Advent.
In Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, he says, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So you also must be ready. We do not know when, but we know for sure he is coming. We must be ready and scripture is very clear about us. So what can we do? What can we do for the Lord's coming? How can we prepare? By looking at some of the characters in the Bible, how they waited for the Lordship of Jesus in the first advent, we can actually learn from them. And one such character, one such character in the Bible is Simeon. Now I'm going to say Simon somewhere along the line. But the Simeon, the, word, the name Simon comes from the name Simeon as well. But the character Simeon, who was set apart, and he had knowledge from the prophecies that he had heard. He was a man uh, who was, had a sense that the Messiah was going to come uh, one day as a baby. He's going to be delivered to be redeemed. And he was waiting for that moment. And he was waiting for that moment. As we await on the second coming of Christ, we can learn from him too. Let's turn to passage in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 30, 25 to 32. As we read, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, where the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You know, if you read the gospel, if you read the gospel of Luke, it starts off with an account of Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem because of a census that was taken. And being in the line of David, they had to go to their birthplace, which was Bethlehem. An angel had visited Mary, and an angel visited Joseph on separate occasions, and they were told that, that Mary will miraculously conceive a child without any sexual interaction with Joseph. And the child would be called Yeshua, which is Jesus, Messiah, Savior, or Deliverer. Now Mary arrives in Bethlehem, she delivers the baby, She's wrapped, she wraps him up in strips of swaddling cloth meant for sheep and places him in a manger. The angels then appear to some shepherds who were tending sheep in the fields in Bethlehem and they were told about the, Beth, the birth of Messiah and where he could be found. The shepherds then rush off and they pay a visit to the baby and they shared with Mary and Joseph what they were told about the Messiah. 40 days, 40 days after the birth of baby Jesus, he was presented at the temple as it was the Jewish custom of those days. This was like, like a little baby dedication. He was presented at the temple. And in this temple is where we are introduced to Simeon. Simeon was a known scholar. He was a theologian. 
and a leader in the temple. He was fully aware of the prophecies of the coming Messiah. And he knew that this Messiah was a savior of mankind. Simeon was also able to discern the times and the signs that he was living in. And he knew from the revelation from the Holy Spirit that he will see the Messiah in his lifetime. He will see the Messiah. Knowing this, he was eagerly waiting for the arrival of the baby Jesus at the temple. And if you look at Simeon a little bit deeper, there's a couple of things that we can glean from Simeon and, and, and see how he was prepared to receive the baby Jesus. The first thing, the first thing is in the name Simeon itself. His name Simeon. Simeon actually means to listen, to hear. And, and Simeon spent time listening. He was named Simeon because he was one who spent time listening. He spent time listening to what God has to say. He spent time listening to God and he spent time hearing the prophecies and he developed a gift of discernment. The time that he spent with God allows him to hear. And it's likewise for us that quality time that we spend with God allows us to hear from him. If we do not make an effort to listen and communicate, we will not fully hear. We will not fully hear. Likewise, in a relationship, you can be in the relationship and be not there, not present there, because you're not listening. And then we just have to look in the mirror. If you look in the mirror, what do we see? We see two ears and one mouth. And it simply means listen twice before you speak. That's what Simeon was. That the one person that we really need to listen to is God. Is God. So that we can discern the times that we are. The times that we are in while we await the coming of the Lordship of Jesus. The second thing that we can look at is the person of Simeon, his character. The Bible says that Simeon was a righteous and devout person. And some version he uses just and devout person. And, and Simeon was just, meaning that he, his behavior, he was a, a morally right and fair person. He was one who was sincere in his dealings with people. And he was one who was above reproach. As believers, as believers, we should be known for our honesty. We should be known for our truthfulness, our dependability, and our moral integrity. Our lives should be such that they bring glory to the name of Jesus. To be devout, meaning devoted, devoted to, is to live with the consciousness of God. Simeon was a devout person. He was God conscious. And, and in the interpretation of the Greek, there's being devout implies an attitude of being yielding to have that reverential attention to God in prayer and in worship and to love God like no other. You know, when I, when I look at these two terms, just and devout in the character of this man, it looks like a very high calling, isn't it? But this is what Jesus spoke about. In, in, in the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, Jesus said this commandment, which is the greatest commandment of all. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, 
and with all your strength to be devoted, to be devoted. That's what it means to love the love the Lord your God. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself. To be just, to be righteous in the love that you have for one another. Given the oppressive time that Simeon was in, the environment where evil, persecution, and suffering was rife, Simeon remained just and devout. Clearly, clearly Simeon was a man who was a spiritual and moral role model for each one of us, for each one of us in this time and day. You know, some time ago, I had an opportunity to, to be with a missionary, and he was invited to share with the congregation that we were part of. And, uh, and he came up, and I said, why don't you go up and, and share, take this time and share what you do. This was a missionary who was working uh, with, in the northern part of Asia. And uh, he, was, uh, he was called to that area. And in this area, bribery and corruptions was a way of life, was a way of life. And... Uh, you know, he was truly called and he's been spending time in there and he made a trip back uh, to where we were and he came up to the stage. This was his time for preaching. He came up to the stage and he said these words. He said, my life has to be a testament to who God is. My life has to be a testament to who God is. My life itself is a sermon for my God, the Messiah, for all to see. And he closed his book and he went back and he took his seat. You know, the shortest sermon ever. But it was so powerful, so impactful that up to this day, I carry those words. My life has to be a testament to who God is. To be just, to be devout is seen in your life, in my life. And that's how Simeon was, while he was waiting for the coming of Jesus. In that period of Advent, he was waiting, waiting for Jesus to come. Our lives have to be simple, honest, and faithful to God. You know, in the current environment that, that we are filled in, it's not easy, it's not easy. Many of you are in business, many of you are in, in places uh, where there's dealings that take place, but yet, we can choose to be the godly man or woman just like Simeon. And through that, through that, the Lord Jesus will be presented. And I asked him, you know, do you have people coming to Christ? And he says, I don't speak. I just live. I just live. It's very difficult living by faith. It's so easy to take the gifts and the bribes that they offer to do the things that they want us to do in that, in that area that he was working in. But just to keep my eyes on Jesus helps me to be just and devout. And this brings me to my next point. To keep our eyes on Jesus is to remain in the presence of where God is. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, the, the presence of God was in the temple. The presence of God was in the temple. Uh, and the temple was in Jerusalem. And in those days, if you want to come to God, you go to the temple. And Simeon was seen waiting in the presence of God. He was faithful. There were many who were falling away. You know, if you look at Bible history, there were many 
Jews who were falling away. They, 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 they waited and waited and waited for this Messiah to come. Generations they waited and they did not see this Messiah appearing. And so the many were falling away and staying away from the temple. But yet, Simeon was faithful. The Bible tells us that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was waiting. In some versions, it says he was looking. And in the Greek, the word waiting is this word called prosdekomenos. Prosdekomenos, which means to look for and to accept and receive. It's not a passive, just standing there waiting for a bus to come by, but it's, it's an active involvement, searching, eagerly seeking out and expecting and expecting, and he was expecting the consolation of Israel. Consolation of Israel is a reference to the Messiah. Uh, in Greek, it comes from the root word counselor or comforter or helper. Sounds familiar? The terms used for the Holy Spirit. Consolation of Israel. He was waiting for that to happen. And, and given the times that they were in, there was much consolation that was needed. There was help needed. They needed someone to come and comfort them through the times. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was what was needed in those times, the consolation of Israel. And Simeon was looking for the moment. He was watching and waiting, anticipating, making himself ready to end of being in the presence, deep in prayer, deep in worship, being a devout man. And Scripture says that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came upon him, came upon him. In that environment that he had prepped by just being in the presence of God, he had the Holy Ghost that came upon him. Being connected to God, hearing, hearing, anticipating, and living a life of being just and devout. Simeon had prepared. He had prepped an encounter with God like no other. The word, the word upon, the word upon is translated in Greek, is this word called epi. Epi. And it's the same word which is the root word of epidermis. You know, our skin, the outermost layer of our skin. Now, if you know the skin, the skin covers every part and every inch of our body. And in this word, epi, it means engulfed or covered. In essence, what is being told in Scripture is that Simeon was engulfed. He was covered with the presence of the Holy Spirit. He was literally cocooned in the midst of the Holy Spirit. It was so dense and so thick upon him that Simeon was primed to hear. There was a conversation already happening between Simeon and the Holy Spirit. And there was a special revelation that was being given to him. There, there was time where he was going forth and back and he was just being revealed of what was going to happen because in that state, in that state, the Bible tells us that Simeon was moved into the temple. He was moved by the Spirit. And the Greek word is beautiful in that. It is a Greek word called hupa. Hupa, it means he was guided. He came under the guidance and submission of the Holy Spirit and he was moved in place. And then when he lay aside, he see this young couple, young couple approaching. Mary and Joseph were entering the temple. And they had this little babe in their hands, the baby Jesus. And all of the spoken prophecies, all of the things that Simeon knew, all the time that he was waiting in the presence, in the presence, of, of, in the presence of God, everything that was spoken, the Rima word became flesh. And Simeon was there, perfectly appointed time, 
perfectly placed by the Holy Spirit, and the Messiah was revealed to him. A divine appointment orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. You know, when, when, when I was reading through this passage in preparation, and as I reflected on this, this image kept coming back to mind. This image of, of a constant dance. You know, my, my wife has always encouraged us to go for some ballroom classes. Just go and learn some ballroom dance. Unfortunately, I have two left feet. So if you ask me to dance to save my life, it's not going to happen. But being the good husband I am, I said, let's go and try. The music was playing and I was going left and right and I had my own dance, but she was being led by me and we never got anywhere. And I understood one thing, that in dancing, you need someone to lead. You need someone to lead. You know, you need someone to lead you, to go left and right and just to move around the stage in tune to the music, of course. But I was not the person. And every time I recounted this word, it comes back to me that Simeon, Simeon was in a dance with the Holy Spirit. The Lord was holding on to him and guiding him, leading him. It's a beautiful picture of, of this harmonious move right across the stage of the temple, right across that stage. And, and this dance that was happening. And that's where we are prepped to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There can only be one person that leads in the dance. If two of us try to lead, and sometimes she tried to lead me, two of us try to lead, we will fall. We will trip. But there's only one person that can lead, and it has to be the Messiah. It has to be the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm reminded in the early days, parenting our children, you know, the good Christian parents that we were, we always tell them, you know, have you read your Bible? Have you prayed? And, and my children, after a while, got a catchphrase to reply to us. He says, Mom, Dad, Jesus and I, JC and I, we are tight. This was, and if I can borrow that praise, this was what Simeon was. He was tight with the Lord Jesus. He was tight with the Holy Spirit. And he was knitted in a dance, in a dance together being led by the Holy Spirit. He was hearing from God. His character being just, being devout. And he was in the presence of God all the time. He was in the presence of God. And then it happened. He had this baby in his hand. He held the Messiah, the baby Jesus, the chosen one. He was holding on to this baby and he prays a message of dedication of this baby. And he says, the object of salvation, the object of salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and Israel. Verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, a glory to your people, Israel. In doing that, Simeon, became the mouthpiece for God. He became the mouthpiece for God. He became a messenger for God. And he revealed the Messiah to the entire world. He revealed the Messiah both to the Gentiles and to the Jews. The Jews were waiting for a Messiah to set them free from the Roman rule. 
But the oppressive rule was not to be, but Jesus came to set us free from our sins. What can we gather? What can we gather from Simeon? As believers, we live a surrendered life of the revealed Messiah. Jesus is already here. He has been revealed to us. We live a surrendered life to the revealed Messiah. Let our spiritual ears be open. Let the posture that we adopt towards man and God be just and devout. Let's get into that intimate dance, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And He wants, the Holy Spirit wants to get involved in your life and allow the Spirit to engulf us, to guide us, to move us in the direction that He wants. Let us become the mouthpiece. Let us become the mouthpiece for God, pointing others to God. Today, today, we need Simeons. We need people like Simeons. You know, prepped, postured, filled with the Spirit and hearing God, guided by Him, allowing the Holy Spirit to maneuver us, to move us into where God wants us to be. It begins with us. God is looking for Simeons. You know, we may say we may not be living under the Roman rule, we may not be living under oppression, but just take a look at the world around us. Take a look at the world around us. Politically, it's a war raging in Europe between Russia and Ukraine. And all the nations are living on edge, not knowing what is going to happen. Economically, there's a collapse in the crypto world. There's a collapse in the digital world. Inflation is driving up prices. Socially, political correctness seems to be the term. There are people hurting, wounded, struggling to make ends meet. Spiritually, God consciousness is on the decline. What is needed? What is needed? What can we do to make a, this world a better place for the next generation to come? Brothers and sisters, there's one answer. And the hope that we have in this season of Advent, the revealed hope is in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the hope that we have. We can be the Simeons for our time, presenting Jesus to those around us. We can be the ones sharing the gospel. We can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not living under the rule of the Romans. But we are living under the rule of a revealed Messiah. But we are one better than Simeon. We are one better than Simeon. We are living under the power of the resurrected Messiah. Not just a revealed Messiah, but we're living under the power of a resurrected Messiah. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the Messiah. There is power in the anointed one that has been sent to us. And as the worship team comes up, the Messiah, Jesus, he has the power. He has the power to restore and to heal. There may be people around us here who may be hurting. There may be people around us here who may be searching. There may be people around us here who may just be hearing things that has been spoken to you today. But there, is a Messiah waiting to begin 
the dance with you. All we need to do, all we need to do is to open our hearts, open that door to our hearts. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray and, uh, and bring the service to an end and we'll have a time of ministry uh, where you can make your way down as the worship team comes. And, uh, and my question to you is, are you ready? Are you ready to open the door to your hearts as we stand in this period of Advent, this period of waiting for the Lordship of Jesus to come again? There is a moment, there is a moment in time where we can say, yes, Lord, I will be the Simeon that you have revealed to us, that I am here, I'm making myself available. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Shall we pray? Would you just stand with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, we thank you. For we thank you, Lord, for characters like Simeon. We thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in you and what you have revealed to us, the love, the joy, the peace that comes with the Lordship of our Jesus, the Messiah. And Lord, as we come to the end of this session and look forward to the next sessions as Jesus as the King and Jesus, God amongst us. Father, prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts, Lord God. The anticipation with joy and prepare our hearts, Lord, with the eagerness to be like Simeon, to be prepared, to be in your presence, to be just, to be devout, to be able to live a life that is a testament of who our God is. In the name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen.